Welcome to Common Sense Coalition Talk Radio, where you'll find straight talk from people with good old common sense. I trust your opinion. And now, for your host, he's putting sense back into nonsense. Absolute insanity. Well, you can hear me on the Your host, Beth Ann. And I welcome you today to CSE Talk Radio. It is my honor, my privilege, and my pleasure to be here with you today, this last day of the year. We're going to go straight to the Lord in prayer. I have something special that I want to share with you today. I mentioned that earlier in the week, um, and I hope it will encourage you and maybe open your eyes just a little bit. But let's go to the Lord in prayer. Most gracious, for such a time as this, most gracious Heavenly Father, give us the courage to begin again, to overlook the difficulties, to overcome the obstacles, and to say, stay open in the moment as best we can. Help me, Father, help us all to be patient, patient enough to know it takes time to start over, and wise enough to ask for help from friends and family when we need it. As we look to the future, Father, may we reflect on the past and remember the lessons that it has taught us. And God, may we always look to you for strength and guidance. Grant us, Alba Father, your wisdom and your courage. May we lunge into this new year with hearts that seek you, your righteousness, And share your love to all. Make us your enthusiastic ambassadors for truth. Protect us in this year to come. Each day place your hand upon us, upon each one of us. May we feel your presence and know again that you are the great I am. You are the God over all. For such a time as this, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. I was looking up scriptures. I wrote an article years ago about it was a new day, a new morning, each day. And I did that. I think it was on a New Year's uh, article. But in Psalms 118, verse 24, we read, This is the day which the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. It's a song, you know, not just a psalm. It was created and then put to music. I love to hear the children sing it. Lamentations 3, 22 through 23. Because the Lord's great love, we are not consumed, for his compassions never fail. They are new every morning. Great is his faithfulness. In Romans thirteen twelve, listen to this one. The night is almost gone, and the day is near. Therefore, let us lay aside the deeds of darkness and put on the armor of light. I love that one, especially for the new year. Isaiah 58, 8, and this is regarding fasting and prayer. It says, after you have done this, then your light will break out like the dawn and your recovery will speedily spring forth 
and your righteousness will go before you. The glory of the Lord will be your near guard. As we head into another show, another day, another week, another month, another year, we will make many resolutions and we will break many New Year's resolutions. The most common, of course, is to lose weight. Today I ask that we resolve to cut the fat from our government. We the people need to buck up and realize that corruption is the fault of ours for doing nothing to stop it. The bigger the government system becomes, the less free, the less free we will all be. I literally stumbled across this that I'm going to share with you today. It was written by Bill Federer. It is a part of our history. Warnings from our founding father, particularly George Washington. Perhaps it's even prophetic, for which I thought we might glean some wisdom from, an insight and hopefully courage, and definitely hope. It's called, it, it's, it's one of his American minutes. It says, the death of George Washington and the warning he left that echoed through the centuries. In 1798, during a threatened quasi-war with France, President John Adams asked George Washington, who was retired at Mount Vernon, to serve once again. Washington agreed, writing in, on July 13, 1798, he said, satisfied that you have exhausted to the last drop the cup of reconciliation, we can with pure hearts appeal to heaven for the justice of our cause and may confidently trust the final result to that kind providence who has heretofore signally completely favored the people of these United States. Feeling how incumbent it is upon every person to contribute at all times. It is his country's welfare, and especially in a moment like the present, when everything we hold dear and sacred is so seriously threatened. I have finally determined to accept the commission of Commander-in-Chief of the Armies of the United States. Did you hear that? When everything we hold dear and sacred is so seriously threatened. He decided to serve. Washington's willingness to defend America played a part in preventing an open war with France. The next year, at the age of 67, Washington was riding horseback through his Mount Vernon farm in the cold snow for several hours. The next morning, it developed into acute laryngitis, and the doctors were called in. Following the science of that day, the doctors responded by bleeding him heavily four times, a process of cutting one's arm to let the bad blood out. They were following the science. Did you get that? They also had him gargle with a mixture of molasses, vinegar, and butter. Washington said, Doctor, I die hard, but I am not afraid to go. And I should have been glad had it pleased God to die a little easier, but I doubt not it is for my good. 
What a way to die. An attitude, I mean. Washington then, at about 11 o'clock in the evening, uttered his last words. Father of mercies, take me unto thyself, and tis well. Despite the doctor's best efforts, former President George Washington died December 14th, 1799. On Washington's tomb at Mount Vernon is engraved, I am the resurrection and the life, saith the Lord. He that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. And whosoever liveth and believeth in me shall never die. The Washington Monument in D.C., Washington, D.C., which is 555 feet tall, has engraved on its metal cap a Latin phrase, Laus Deo, which means praise to God, praise be to God. President Washington wrote to Bishop John Carroll back in March of 1790, May the members of your society in America, animated alone by the pure spirit of Christianity and still conducting themselves as the faithful subjects of our free government, enjoy every temporal and spiritual felicity. French officer Marquis de Lafayette who had fought in the revolution, was considered almost an adopted son of General George Washington. After the war, he returned to France and helped found, in 1788, the French Abolitionist Society of the Friends of the Black. We're going to talk about that a little bit when we come back. You're listening to CSC Talk Radio. This is Beth Ann. I'm sharing you... Some words from our founding fathers. Hopefully they will encourage us in the days and the year to come. And we'll be right back. You can look for the silver lining or you can strengthen your portfolio with gold and silver. Optimism is planning for your own financial future. Melody Cedarstrom of Discount Gold and Silver Trading has been watching our economy and the banksters for well over 20 years. The U.S. has an unsustainable debt. And while the timing of a collapse cannot be predicted, we know the proverbial straw that breaks the camel's back weighs heavier and heavier with each new stimulus and omnibus bill. Because of our debt and the lack of solid backing, those fiat dollars in your pocket continue to deflate in value. However, gold stays true, true wealth. Give Melody Cedarstrom a call at 1-800-375-4188. That's 1-800-375-4188. Discount gold and silver trading for all your precious metal needs. And join Melody weekday afternoons at 4 p.m. Eastern Time on Financial Survival Radio. Visit DGSCoins.com. That's DGSCoins.com. My name is Elmer Heinrich. My company owns and sells Immuno 150, the best nutritional supplement on the market today, bar none. No other nutritional product compares because Immuno 150 contains 9 exotic fruits, 13 vitamins, 17 herbs, 18 amino acids, and 70 plant-derived trace minerals, plus aloe vera, COQ10, all the omegas, biflavonoids, and more. 
the 70 trace minerals are the key. Most nutritional products contain no more than 15 minerals because they come from fruits and vegetables. Now, if you want to improve your immune system, call 888-316-2224 or visit immuno150.com. That's I-M-M-U-N-O-150.com. Again, that phone number is 888-316-2224. Daniel Turner, founder and executive director of Power the Future, agrees that America is blessed with an abundance of reliable energy sources. Our natural resources are the lifeblood of our nation and have made our nation prosperous. Rural America is the heart of production in this nation. Our food, manufacturing, trucking, and yes, our energy. Power of the Future promotes jobs in rural America, specifically our energy jobs. These jobs are all under attack. Wealthy radicals like Tom Stiers and George Soros promise to break the nation's energy independence. Their beloved Green New Deal attacks all that is is good in this nation. Our food, our land, our jobs, our families, and of course, our gassy cows. Power the Future is fighting for you, rural America. Join them. Visit PowerTheFuture.com. See the latest news and donate to those who are fighting for you. PowerTheFuture.com. Power the Future is fighting to keep America's lights on. have returned to listening to CSC Talk Radio. I'm sharing with you some history about George Washington, and we'll get into some of his final words in his final address to the nation and some other founding fathers. But when we went into the break, we were talking about a young man that is from France, and he became like an adopted son to George Washington, and he fought with him in the Revolution. When he went back to France then, he began an, an organization called the Society of Friends of the Black. When some tried to discourage Lafayette, he replied, If it be a wild scheme, I had rather be mad in this way than to be thought wise in the other task. Now what they're talking about? Slavery. Washington encouraged Lafayette. In April of 1783, he says, The scheme which you propose as a precedent to encourage the emancipation of the black people of this country from that state of bondage in which they were, are held is a striking evidence of the benevolence of your heart. I shall be happy to join you in so laudable a work. Washington sought to follow Lafayette's example which aligned with the growing anti-slavery influence of Baptists, Methodists, and Quakers here in the United States. In the last six years of his life, George Washington attempted to take four of the farms on his plantation and make them into rental properties, thus transitioning away from slavery. On May 10th, in 1786... George Washington wrote from Mount Vernon to Marquis de Lafayette, Your late purchase of an estate in the colony of Cainan, with a view of emancipating the slaves on it, is a generous and noble proof of your humanity. 
Would to God a like spirit would diffuse itself generally into the minds of the people of this country. Though most founding fathers did not own slaves, of those that did, George Washington set a bold example in his will by freeing his mulatto man, William. And to my mulatto man, William, calling himself William Lee, I give immediate freedom. I allow him an annuity of $30 during his natural life, and this I give him as a testimony of my sense of his attachment to me and for his faithful services during the Revolutionary War. Washington's will also made provision that elderly and sick slaves be supported by his state, by his estate, in perpetuity. <laughs> his will also granted people to the rest of his slaves, I'm sorry, granted freedom to the rest of his slaves upon the death of his wife. So he was trying to take care of his wife, Martha. But Martha freed them early in the year right after Washington died. She freed the slaves. These are things we don't hear anywhere else. Richard Allen, founder of the American Methodist Episcopal Church, received contributions from George Washington, Dr. Benjamin Rush, and other founding fathers. Allen delivered a eulogy of Washington in Philadelphia, December 29, 1799. Now, Richard Allen was a black man. Our father and friend is taken from us. He whom the nations honored is seen of men no more. We, my friends, have particular cause to bemoan our loss. To us, he has been the sympathizing friend and tender father. He has watched over us and viewed our degraded and afflicted state with compassion and pity. His heart was not insensible to our sufferings. He whose wisdom the nations revered thought he had a right to liberty. He thought we had a right to liberty. Unbiased by the popular opinion of the state in which is the memorable Mount Vernon, he dared to do his duty and wipe off the only stain with which man could ever reproach him. He who ventured his life in battles, whose shield the Lord of hosts was, did not fight for that liberty which he desired to withhold from others. The bread of oppression was not sweet to his taste, and he let the, he let the oppressed go free. He undid every burden. He provided lands and comfortable accommodations for them when he kept this excess, ex, acceptable fast to the Lord, that those who had been slaves might rejoice in the day of their deliverance. He who broke the yoke of British burdens from off the neck of the people of his lands and was hailed his country's deliverer, by what name shall we call him who secretly and almost unknown emancipated his bondman and bondwoman, become, became to them a father and gave them an inheritance? Deeds like these are not common. He did not let his right hand know what his left hand did. But he who sees in secret will openly reward such acts of benevolence. 
the name of Washington will live when the sculptured marble of statue of bronze shall be crumbled into dust. For it is the decree of the eternal God that the righteous shall be had in everlasting remembrance. And here, let me entreat you always to bear in mind the affectionate farewell advice of the great Washington to love your country, to obey its laws, to seek its peace, and to keep yourselves from attachment to any foreign nation. May a double portion of his spirit rest on all the officers of the government of the United States and all that they and all that say, My father, my father, the chariots of Israel and the horsemen thereof, which is the whole of the American people. They spoke a little differently back then, but isn't it beautiful what they were saying and asking and praying for this nation? George Washington had led the Continental Army to victory, giving the United States independence from the empire of the most powerful globalist leader in the world, the King of Great Britain. Benjamin Franklin served as an ambassador of the United States, of the new United States, while attending a dinner of foreign dignitaries at Versailles, France. The minister of Great Britain proposed a toast to King George III, likening him to the sun. The French minister, in like kind, proposed a toast to King Louis XVI, comparing him with the moon. Franklin stood up and toasted George Washington, commander of the American armies who, like Joshua of old, commanded the sun and the moon to stand still, and they obeyed him. Washington presided over the the Constitutional Convention, where a republic government was created, making the people the king. Washington chose to only serve two terms as president, setting an example for subsequent presidents. Poet Robert Frost wrote, I often say of George Washington that he was one of the few men in the whole history of the world who was not carried away by power. Major General Henry, they called him Light Horse Harry, last name was Lee, who served with Washington in the Revolution, was asked by Congress to write a eulogy for his former brother-in-arms. Lee described Washington as first in war, first in peace, and first in the hearts of his countrymen. He was second to none in the humble and the endearing scenes of private life, pious, just, humane, temperate, and sincere, uniform, dignified, and commanding. His example was was edifying to all around him and were the effects of that example lasting. Three years before his death, Washington delivered his farewell address. It was September 19th. 1796, in which he warned of the dangers of the emerging deep state politics. In contemplating the causes for which may disturb our union, it occurs as matters of serious concern, he said, that any ground should have been furnished for characterizing parties. Yes, He was warning us of political 
parties. One of the expedients of party to acquire influence is to misrepresent the opinions. You cannot shield yourselves too much against the jealousies and hurt and heartburnings which spring from these misrepresentations. We're going to talk about those parties and the warnings from our founding father, George Washington, regarding them. I think you can see the parallel of what has happened, maybe the prophecy of what has happened today in the United States of America with a two-party monopoly, which seemed to rule with a heavy thumb over the United States people. We'll be right back. And we have returned to listening to CSC Talk Radio. This is Beth Ann. It's, uh, we're heading into a new year. I'm trying to encourage us by, by reading some words of George Washington and those who wrote of him and his warnings to us as to where we are today. Now, when we went into the break, I was reading about in, contempl- in contemplating the causes. This is in his final address which may disturb our union, it occurs as matters of serious concern that any ground should have been furnished for characterizing parties. We cannot shield ourselves too much against the jealousies and the heartburnings which bring from these misrepresentations and a fatal tendency to put in the place of the delegated will of the nation the will of a party, often a small, a small but artful and enterprising minority. They are likely in the course of time and things to become potent engines by which cunning, ambitious, and unprincipled men will be enabled to subvert the power of the people and to usurp for themselves the reins of government, destroying afterwards the very engines which have lifted them to unjust dominion. One method of assault may be to undermine what cannot be directly overthrown. Where the government is too feeble to withstand the enterprises of faction, the dangers of parties. Washington added that party rivalry will bring division which will be followed by despotism. Let me now warn you in the most solemn manner against the baneful effects of the spirit of party, having the roots in the strongest passions of the human mind, the alternate domination of one faction over another, sharpened by the spirit of revenge natural to party dissension, which in different ages and countries has perpetrated the most horrid enormities of itself a frightful despotism. But this leads a strength to a more normal and permanent despotism. The disorders and miseries which result gradually incline the minds of men to seek security and repose in the absolute power of an individual who turns this despotism to proposes of his own elevation on the ruins of public liberty. 
Washington added that party passions will result in, result in politicians accepting bribes and foreign countries to betray America's interest. Ill-founded jealousies and false alarms kindles the animosity of one part against another, foments or provokes, occasionally riot and insurrection. It provokes it. It opens the doors to foreign influence and corruption, which find a, a facilitated access to the government itself through the channels of party passions. Wow. What does that say about where we are today in the United States of America? He goes on. Thus the policy and the will of one country are subjected to the policy and the will of another. Thinking in a free country should inspire caution in those entrusted with its administration to confine themselves within this respective constitutional spheres, avoiding in the exercise the powers of the department to encroach upon another. The spirit of encroachment tends to consolidate the powers of all the departments in one and thus to create, whatever the form of government, a real despotism. Washington continued his predicament prediction and that ambitious politicians would concentrate power as a transient instrument of good. You know, it's good for the whole community. We've heard that. Which would result in the permanent evil of destroying free government, the love of power, and the proudness that to abuse it predominates the human heart. But let there be no change by usurpation, for though this In one instance, may be the instrument of good. It is the customary weapon by which free governments are destroyed. The precedent of usurpation must always greatly overbalance in permanent evil any partial or transient benefit which the use can be, can at any time yield. Ambitious, corrupted, or deluded citizens betray or sacrifice the interests of their own country without odium, sometimes even with popularity, gilded with the appearance of the virtue sense of obligation and commendable differences for public opinion, or laudable zeal for public good, the base of or foolishness of compliances of ambition, corruption, or infatuation, tamper with domestic factions, to practice the arts of seduction, to mislead public opinion. All I can say is just wow. Real patriots who may resist the intrigues are liable to become suspected and odious, while its tools and dupes usurp the applause and confidence of the people to surrender their interests. Today they are purging our military, have you noticed that? And condemning parents who object to things being taught in school that are contrary to their faith and have incarcerated January 6th participants regarding, regardless of where they were that day in the city. Less than 40 years after Washington's death, President Andrew Jackson remarked in his farewell address of 1837, he said, Washington seemed to be the voice of prophecy, foretelling events and warning us 
of the evil to come. There have always been those amongst us who wish to enlarge the powers of the general government, to overstep the boundaries marked out by our Constitution. Government passed from the hands of the many to the hands of the few, and this organized money power from its secret conclave would have dictated the choice of our highest officers and compelled you to make peace or war as best suited their own wishes. Jackson ended saying, You have no longer any cause to fear danger from abroad. It is from within, among yourselves, from cupidity, excessive desire, from corruption, from disappointed ambition and in, inordinate thirst for power. The factions will be formed and liberty endangered. Lincoln warned us, Oh, that point then is to, is the approach of danger to be expected. I answer, if it ever reach us, it must spring up amongst us. It cannot come from abroad. If destruction be our lot, we must ourselves be its author and finisher. As a nation of free men, we must live through all time or die by suicide. In the McGuffey's Reader of 1907, it included a quote from Lyman Beecher, who's the daughter of Harriet Beecher Stowe, who wrote Uncle Tom's Cabin. While most nations trace their origin to barbarians, the foundations of our nation here were laid by civilized men, by Christians. Imperfect as they are, the world before had not seen their like, nor will it soon, we fear, behold their like again. To ridicule them is to, is a national suicide. Anne Rand wrote that, uh, there is no difference between communism and socialism except the means of achieving the same ultimate end. Communism proposes to enslave men by force. Socialism by vote. It is merely merely the difference between murder and suicide. You're listening to CSC Talk Radio. This is Beth Ann. I hope you are inspired by these words and and your eyes are opened as mine had been. You know, I've read it before, but sometimes I think the Lord puts things in front of us when it's time for our eyes to truly be opened. You're listening to CSC Talk Radio. This is Beth Ann, and I'll be right back. Have you heard about vine-to-bar chocolate? It's the winemaker's chocolate, the world's first chocolate made with well-vined Chardonnay Mark from the beautiful coastal vineyards of North America. Gently pressed grapes are harvested after juicing, dried and finely milled and carefully blended into the finest dark chocolate. The Chardonnay Mark contains highly beneficial grape nutrients, flavanols, and has a natural sweetness that flavors the luscious dark chocolate. Mouthwatering, flavorful. 
delectable dark chocolate goodness with Chardonnay sweetness and beneficial nutrients. And it's alcohol-free, too. It's Vine to Bar chocolate. Order some today at vinetobar.com. That's V-I-N-E-T-O-B-A-R.com. Cold ship to your door, it's Vine to Bar. Vine to Bar chocolate. Visit us at vinetobar.com. Liberty Tabletop brings liberty to your table. For those of you who want to display your patriot hearts, set your table with liberty. The new patriotic flatware pattern by Liberty Tabletop. Your dining table sets the mood for the American family and the American dream. Liberty honors our fallen heroes, the Liberty Bell. We the people with stars and stripes, our American Eagle and the Statue of Liberty. Each piece of the Liberty flatware pattern is an art with elegance, high-quality work, and high-quality 1810 stainless American steel. Each piece is unique while conveying the same patriotic message, Liberty for all, and we love America. Order your set now, and a set as a gift for a special patriot in your life. Liberty Tabletop brings liberty home to your table. Use the promo code BETHANN and receive a discount. LibertyTabletop.com or call them 844-386-2338. You're familiar with Range Magazine, packed with hard, cold facts regarding the battles we face out on the range and at home. Beyond the battles are beauty and pictures and words that will take you to another place and time. CJ and Range Magazine have produced a line of hardbound books that should be a part of your home library. The most recent publication is Cowboys and Critters, containing unique photos of the people and animals that make up the ranching world. These beautiful books, which make fantastic gifts, have won numerous awards, such as the prestigious Wrangler Award, First Place in Journalism, Will Rogers Gold Medal Award, so many honors, great photos, and wonderful poems and stories of the West. Reflections of the West, Brush Strokes and Balladeers, The M-Bar, The Call of the Cow Country. You can't resist the art and cowboy poetry books. Visit rangemagazine.com for a complete list of prices. Call 1-800-RANGE-4-U. That's 1-800-726-4348. Be sure to let them know Beth Ann sent you. Hi, this is Beth Ann. The inventor and CEO of MyPillow is always looking for ways to solve everyday problems. Have you ever picked up a towel set because it felt so soft in the store, but then when you got it home and tried to use it, it wasn't absorbent at all? That's why MyPillow has developed the MyPillow towels. Towels that work. I know, it's mind-blowing. Towels that actually will dry you. They're debuting the MyPillow six-piece towel set that includes two bath towels, two hand towels, and two washcloths. They come in a variety of colors, and right now you can buy one and get one free with the promo code BETHANN. Go to MyPillow.com now and click on the radio listener special. MyPillow products come with a 10-year warranty with their 60-day money-back guarantee. To get your or buy one, get one free MyPillow towel set, go to MyPillow.com, click on the radio listener special, and enter promo code BETHAN, or call 1-800-978-6168. That's MyPillow.com, and the promo code is BETHAN. And we have returned to listening to CSC Talk Radio. This is Beth Ann. It is the last day of the year, and I am sharing with you words from our past. Why? Because I think that they can enlighten and encourage us for our future. 
I'm going to continue here. This is from an Arnold Townby. And he wrote a 12-volume study of history back in 1934 through 1961, examining the rise, flowering, it said, and decline of 26 civilizations. In change and habit, the challenge or time, he predicted that the United States and the Soviet Union could not maintain world order. Are you ready for this? China would become the major global power. What's going on today? He also wrote, Civilizations die from suicide, not by murder. The Pulitzer Prize winning historian Will and Ariel Durant wrote this, A great civilization is not conquered from without until it has destroyed itself from within. What do you think build back better means? You can't build it back until you've torn it down, until you've destroyed it. Franklin D. Roosevelt wrote, or stated back in 1940, We guard against the forces of anti-Christian aggression, which may attack us from without, and the forces of ignorance and fear, which may corrupt us from within. And General Douglas MacArthur stated back in 1951, it is not of any external threat that I concern myself, but rather of insidious forces working from within, which have already so drastically altered the character of our free institutions. We must unite in the moral courage and spiritual leadership to preserve and violate that mighty bulwark of all freedom, our Christian faith. And J. Edgar Hoover said, the communist threat from without must not blind us to the communist threat from within. The latter is reaching into the every heart of America. Though it's espionage agents and a cunning defiant of laws, Communist Party, which is fantastically dedicated to the Marxist cause of world enslavement and destruction of the foundations of our republic. David Horowitz, who we had on this show a few mo- a month back or so, he wrote... Social justice protesters are the fifth column vanguards envisage of by weathermen declaring war on the empire and plotting to tear down its walls from within. And Daniel Webster stated, Hold on to the Constitution and to the Republic for which it stands. For it is, for if the American Constitution should fail, there will be anarchy throughout the world. He also wrote, We live under the only government that ever existed which was framed by the unrestrained and deliberate consultations of the people. Miracles do not cluster. That which has happened but once in 6,000 years cannot be expected to happen often. Such a government, once gone, might leave a void to be filled for ages with revolution and tumult, riot and despotism. Perhaps the wisdom of our founding fathers is the reason the left, the Democrat Socialist Communist Party, party, want to remove our history. For we would know and we could see the truth of their evils. Perhaps the party on the right wishes too 
that we would ignore our founding fathers. After all, isn't that why Liz Cheney is plotting against those who are radical constitutionalists? There was no insurrection on January 6th. The two-party system, the party system demands our loyalty, stole our liberty from us. They want your loyalty. They will demand it from you. When your New Year's wish is for a George Washington or a John Wayne or a Clint Eastwood to come and save the day, the Republic, you will be disappointed. The Republic can only be saved by we the people. That to secure these rights, government, governments are instituted among men, deriving their just powers from the consent of the governed. That whenever any form of government becomes destructive of these ends, it is the right of the people to alter or to abolish it and to institute new government, laying its foundation on such principles and organizing its powers in such form as to them shall seem most likely to affect their safety and happiness. That's from the Declaration of Independence. 20 22 will bring a midterm election. It seems many are holding on to that as a hope for deliverance from insanity to a nation of reasoning. Maybe we shouldn't count so much on them as we should count on us. Isn't that what independence is about? A people who are independent are a free people. A people who are dependent are not free but are relying on others for their every need. It is self-surrendered slavery. And in such a life, there is no freedom. Merely privileges here and there. The first clue that you're living under tyranny is when you're afraid of getting in trouble by your own government authorities. Does the IRS scare you? The BLM, meaning the Bureau of Land Management, or the EPA? We are under an oligarchy. And a totalitarian oligarchy. Absolute control by government despotism. Dictatorship. Tyranny. When a free independent nation implodes, we are imploding because of the parties. The people become its slave and are the servants to those who were elected to represent you but now dictate over you. May the year 2022 not be the year of the final implosion. May we, the people, finally muster up the courage and the wisdom to bring America home. To put your three-cornered hats on and think life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, property, and prosperity. Begin praying that America once again be a nation of laws, God's laws, and a nation One nation under God. This cannot happen without your action. Make America gods again. Make America home again. I'm going to repeat Romans 13, 12. The night is almost gone and the day is near. Therefore, let us lay aside the deeds of darkness and put on the armor of light. Put on the full armor of God. Let's change the words a little. 
The night is almost gone. The year is almost gone. The new year is here. It's near. Therefore, let us lay aside the deeds of the darkness of the past and put on the full armor of light, put on the full armor of God and bring America home. Happy New Year. Let's make 2022 truly the year to restore the republic. Follow God in this country and bring America home. As the United States boldly stepped forward in the glorious light provided by its new constitution in 1787, the nations of the earth were in awe of the newfound strength and hope of this free land. Today, the nation stands at a crossroads, a divergence from the original intent put forth in the United States Constitution has brought grave threats to our beloved nation. A miracle is needed if the United States is to survive. That miracle is, again, the pure application of the United States Constitution. I'm Scott Bradley. In my To Preserve the Nation book and lecture series, I bring forth truths that will help raise up a new generation of statesmen like those noble Americans who founded this land. Vigorous application of these principles will invigorate and restore the nation, and we may become again the freest, most prosperous, most respected, and happiest nation on earth. Visit to PreserveTheNation.com to begin that restoration. I believe there will come a time when we are all judged on whether or not we took a stand in defense of all life from the moment of conception until our last natural breath. As a teenager, I gave my first public speech in my church. My hand shook, my heart pounded. I thought to myself, I can't do this, but somehow I did. And because I wanted to talk about things that were important, I persisted. I chided my church as a senior in high school for not seeming to care about the not yet born, for looking the other way and for not taking a stand on life. I will be in earnest. I will not equivocate and I will not excuse. I will not retreat an inch and I will be heard. One thing I promise you, I will always take a stand for life.